0: So, i just make sure, uh, you know, so um, for announcements, um, I do, I I am scheduled sometime Tuesday uh, for my surgery. But there will be a 9 o'clock Bible study at Knowledge Perk. Uh, So, uh, that will happen. Uh, Plans are uh, that I will be back here for Wednesday night service. So, we'll still have our Wednesday night service. We also have Tuesday evening at 714, we have the prayer meeting that will be uh, you know, here at that time as well. Don't forget uh, the uh, 5 o'clock uh, Bible study uh, Sunday school that we have here um, uh, you know, this afternoon um, at 5 o'clock. Uh, so let's just be mindful of all of those that's, uh, you know, that's going on, that we continue to gather together um uh you know with like-minded people and we uh you know study god's word so those meetings that's on the side like the uh sunday night at five o'clock and the uh you know uh wednesday night services those are really key uh you know sunday mornings are good and they're nice to be able to be here with everybody but you learn more at the uh Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock Bible study, and the Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, you know, so please come and be involved in uh, those uh, you know, as well. All right. But uh, you know, let us uh, you know, bow our heads and begin the service. Uh, so let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come into your house. And God, as we gather together, dear Lord, and as we join our hearts, we join our hearts with churches and with people across this uh, state of South Carolina and across the community of Rock Hill and across the United States, God, as we worship one God at one table. And God, we just simply lift up our voices and our hearts and words to you today, dear Lord. And we pray that you would receive all of this That we do today as a sweet incense unto you. Because this is your day. And everything that we do is to glorify you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let us stand as we go into our praise and worship today.
1: Let's give worship and praise to our God this morning. Amen.
2: None like you, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, sing into the darkness. Into the darkness, You shine. Out of the ashes, We rise. There's no one like You, none like You. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God Our God is stronger. God, You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Alright, let's sing it if our God is for us, then who could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop? And if our God is with us. Then what could stand against? And if our God is for us Then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us Then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us,
1: That's true, though. If our God is for us, then who could stand against us? Nothing can stand against us or stop us from doing the glory of God because he gives us the strength and the power to achieve it. Let's continue to give praise and give glory to him this morning.
2: Sing to God. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son. Who yielded His life an atonement for sin. And opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. O oh God Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Oh perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer, the promise of God, the vileless defender, who truly believes. That moment from Jesus A heart and receive. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father Through Jesus the Son And give him the glory Great things he has said Great things he has done And great our rejoicing Through Jesus the Son But purer and higher And greater will be Our wonder our transport when Jesus we sing Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord People rejoice! Oh, come to the Father, to Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory. Great things He has done. All right, we're gonna do that chorus again.
1: What we're gonna do? So I'm gonna sing the praise the Lord first, and I want to hear you guys sing the second one. All right, I want to hear you loud, sing it proud. We're gonna praise Him this morning. All right, ready? Here we go.
2: Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Come to the Father, to Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he has done.
1: Amen. We're here to come and give praise. I don't need that. So, we got this song. It's a... Not really a newer song, you've probably heard it on the radio, so I'm sure you all know it, but it's a great song, it's about forgiveness, it's about coming to God and just asking for Him. So what we're going to do, I want you guys to listen to the words, and I want you, if you could sing with us, sing with us, but we're going to go through the words once, and then I'm going to go through it again with everybody coming in, worshiping with us. Think we can do that? So we're going to run through it so we can get familiar, but if you can't, just listen to the words and just, just feel it, because it's a really good song. So let's go. Now, okay. Then we got the words enough that we could probably sing along together. Then we do that. All right. I think we can too. So we're gonna go back to that first. Uh, first, got him on my knees again. Let's sing and give worship this morning. Amen. Abuse your grace, God. I need it every day because it's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. All right, so let's sing that together. I'm sure if y'all heard that song, y'all probably know about it, but it's such a good song. So um, we're going to do this last song, Holy Spirit, and um, so I I kind of just popped the string because we were like going really, really hard in worship, but it's fun because it's a lot of fun. So um, we're going to go ahead and try our best to sing this song even though I'm missing one of my vital strings to play, but guess what? We can still give praise and worship to God because we can even do this a cappella if we need to, right? We're not going to let that stop us. Nothing's going to stop us, right? So let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit here this morning that he can be within us, within the pews, within the pastors, in his message this morning, that you will feel him in a very real way this morning. So let's give worship this morning.
0: There's
3: nothing worth more that will never come close No thing can compare You're our living home, Your presence,
1: Lord Sing a church, of taste and seen
3: I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of love When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, Your presence,
1: Lord, sing, Holy Spirit.
2: Holy
3: Spirit, You are welcome
2: here. Come flood this place and fill the air. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your prayer. Becomes free And my shame is undone
3: You pray.
1: Without the music, without anything, we're just going to lift up our voices this morning. Can we do that? Let's sing it.
3: Holy
2: Spirit, you are welcome here.
3: Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long
2: for. To be overcome by your presence,
0: Lord. The altar is open for you this morning as the Spirit is moving. I think it's interesting the song before Holy Waters. It's like honey, the grace of God. It's like honey on our lips. In there it says that if it wasn't for the grace of God, that, was, that really draws me to making a change. I wouldn't make it on my own. It's the grace of God and it's the moving of the Holy Spirit that draws us. And as that Spirit moves today, We receive it as sweet as honey on our lips, but then it's like water on our skin. It gives nourishment, it gives strength, it gives encouragement. To the body whenever it doesn't feel like it deserves it. To the body whenever it doesn't feel like it needs it. It's what gives us strength today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. And we thank you that, God, that your spirit, dear Lord, that he is moving in our midst. And God, right now, dear Lord, as there are some that have made their way to the altar, you know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would speak to them. God, that your grace would be poured out upon them, that your strength would intervene, that your love and your mercy will be prevalent in their lives. And, you know, God, we just simply pray. God, that your Spirit, dear Lord, will transform our lives. And God, for those that are at their pews right now that are calling out to you God because of the stresses of this world you know God because the hope or the joy in their lives have diminished but God because of you and because of your spirit alive in our lives we have hope and we have joy and we have strength that we may persevere oh dear heavenly father I pray God that your spirit will continue to move and and to transform in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, if it's okay with y'all, I'm just going to stay seated right here for today. I did pretty good this morning in the first service, as in staying seated. So, let's see how we do here. So, this morning's message, really, it, it dovetails right in with what we talked about last week. And last week, we were in the 13th and 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, where Jesus told him in the 14th chapter, told us in the 14th chapter, that he had a place for that he was going to prepare. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled, because I'm going to prepare a place for you And wherever I go and prepare a place for you, it's so that you can come and so that you could be with me. So within that, and we we look and we see this passage, and we talked about the fact that Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to be leaving this earth. And then he told his disciples that where I'm going, you can't go. And he said, but... You will be able to come with me later. So, whenever we think about this and look into this, I made that comment that there was someone that was, uh, you know, in the government that had made the comment that, uh, you know, that the the governmental system isn't broken, but we all know that our government's broken. And until they realize or until the whole realizes that the government's broken, it's not going to get fixed. And until we truly accept that only through Jesus Christ can it be fixed, then we'll continue on in the same fashion and manner that we're in right now. And I think about this in John 3.16. It tells us that, For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. And then it says, God, in 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So the only way that the world can be saved, the only way that we can be saved, is through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14 uh, and 13, we also talked about the fact that Jesus said that no one can come to the Father except for those that come through me. The only way that we can have a right relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, through the drawing of Jesus Christ. Now that's last week. So this week, I would like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 12, and looking at verses 31 through 34. Now, I'm going to read this to you from the New Living Translation, and that will be on the wall for you, hopefully. If not, I'm going to reread it for you in the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read it twice so that we get this understanding and we see what Scripture has for us and what it's talking about. In verse 31, Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 31. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven. But blaspheme against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. Make a, tree, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. And then in verse 34, it goes in and it says, and he calls them, you broods of vipers. So this is talking to the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. So that's where this is, so that's who he's talking to there. Chapter 12 in the New Living Translation, beginning with verse 31. So I tell you, every sin and blaspheme can be forgiven except Blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, Its fruit will be bad. So we have this. Now, I need to pull these things together for you. So the first thing that we need to look at is that in John 3.16, it said that Jesus Christ came to this world to save the world. And that every single person that's in this world, that ever was in this world, or ever will be in this world, has the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and live with Him for eternity in heaven. Every single person. There is no one that God has created that cannot or does not have the ability to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. But we know that there are those that will choose not to believe in Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 through 34, it talks about the unpardonable sin. In the New Living Translation, it talks about and it tells that all sin and slander can be forgiven, but blaspheme against the Holy Spirit cannot. So what is blaspheme of the Holy Spirit? Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit is not taking its name in vain. Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit is not talking bad about the Holy Spirit. Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit is rejecting the call of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Now get this, John 3.16 said that he loved the world. So in other words, the Holy Spirit has called every single person on this earth to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Because He is the only one that can restore us from our broken state. So every single person has had the opportunity or will have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin, is saying no to the Holy Spirit. Now, I will confess that today's message is in conjunction with Reverend Archie C. Palmer, which would be Peggy's grandfather, he preached this message in a revival back in the late 50s, early 60s. And in this revival, it was now on week two of him beginning to in preaching this particular passage of Scripture in message. About the unpardonable sin and blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. I read in this message, I read you know, stories of a man that had uh, you know came home early from work one evening and caught his wife in an industrial in an, an industrial and an adulterous affair he kills his wife and then goes back to work and the man that she was sleeping with was convicted of murdering her in this revival he knelt at the altar and asked for forgiveness, and confessed of his sin, and spent the rest of his life in prison. The grace of God is as sweet as honey. See, it's sweeter than anything that is here on this earth. It's like water to our skin. As our skin here on this earth is dry, it's barren, it's dying. It gives us the moisture that's needed. It gives us the strength that we need. Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. Rejecting it. gave us a story it talked about a woman and a man that had uh, you know had an argument before they went to church how many of that of y'all had that happen today did you have did you have the argument well the woman felt as if her husband had told the pastor about the argument and he preached to her the whole message so she was upset She devised a plan and she called the pastor over to her house. And then she concocted this scheme and she began to tell everybody that he made sexual advances towards her. He was kicked out of the church. He lost his credentials and he was no longer able to be a minister. And that revival, she knelt at the altar and she asked for forgiveness. See, there's no sin that's out there that cannot be forgiven as long as we respond to the calling of the Holy Spirit and ask for forgiveness, we will receive the forgiveness. But it's whenever we deny the calling of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, in this message, he had to give us a story of the opposite And he talked about a young teenage woman that on that Friday night service, how the Spirit called upon her life and she stood there and didn't come down to the altar and receive Christ. See, she was involved in a dance competition that was supposed to be later that night And she knew that if she had responded to the call of the Holy Spirit upon her life, that she wouldn't have gone to the bar and went dancing. She chose to go dancing instead of following the call of the Holy Spirit. Five or ten years later, the story continues with this young girl. And she's now laying at home on her deathbed. And her pastor, her mom, or dad are begging her to ask for forgiveness and to receive, uh, you know, God as her, uh, or Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And she said, I can't feel. I no longer feel the call on my life. The story goes into in-depth in this. And it says that she asked her mom to go and buy the veil that she would wear in her casket. Maybe that would spark something within her soul. Her mom buys the veil and brings it. No change. Then she asks the dad. She goes, dad, she goes, go and buy the casket. Maybe if I see the casket that I'm going to be buried in, maybe that will spark something. The coroner comes or the funeral home guy comes with the casket. And the draw was no longer there. She died three days later with a mother and father that knew that she never accepted Christ as her Savior. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 3 it tells us, That the Holy Spirit will only be upon mankind for a period of time. That would give us the understanding that the Holy Spirit is only going to call us for so long. We don't know when the Holy Spirit will stop its calling. We don't know how long the Holy Spirit will receive the rejection of no before it removes itself from us. But we know that it happens. In John chapter 7, verses 33 through 36, we find these words. Nope, wait a minute. Wrong passage of Scripture. I'll get there, Hang on. It's Matthew chapter 23. I'll get back to that, John. Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39. I want you to see this this morning. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks. Beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now can I let you know something here? That phrase, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, will be the phrase of the people that speak whenever Jesus Christ returns again on judgment day. He is telling the people, the Israelites, he's telling the Christians, the Jewish nation, the people at this point in time, this is the triumphant entrance before Easter Sunday, whenever Jesus says Palm Sunday, right? Jesus comes in, he looks and he says, your house is abandoned. The house of the Lord. I got to get up for this one here. The house of the Lord is abandoned. In other words, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, is no longer in the temple. Because you, as the Israelites and the religious leaders, have refused to receive my Son, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah who He is. And because of that, I am now gone. We also find in John where he tells the religious leaders, this is 7, It says, but Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me. And I And you cannot go. Where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by, his, by this statement. Where is he planning to go? They asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country to go to the Jews in other lands? Maybe he is even, even teaching the Greek. What does he mean when he says, You will search for me but not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. This is telling the religious leaders that there's a certain amount of time that I'm going to be here. And during this time, you can receive me as your Messiah. But once I leave, you will not be able to receive me as your Messiah. Therefore, whenever you search for me, you won't be able to find me. And where I am going, which is heaven, to be with my Father, there you cannot go. Again, he is letting us understand that if we do not hear and agree or answer the calling of the Holy Spirit upon our lives, and we continue to reject his call, he will remove his call from among our lives. Wow, this morning the group was just a little bit more lively. But see, in chapter 6, whenever he talks to his disciples, and he tells them that I'm going to a place, says that where I'm going, you can't go. Because Jesus had a task to take care of. Jesus was dying so that he could go to hell and take the keys of death from Satan His disciples couldn't do that. But then He says later on in verse 33, He says, But you will be able to go where I'm going soon. So in other words, He was saying that you can't go with Me to the depths of hell to take the keys back from Satan, but you will go with Me in death, and you will be with Me in heaven because you have believed in Me as your Messiah. So it's different than him saying this to the Pharisees and religious leaders. There will be a time that he will remove his calling upon our lives. Now, I, I, I get this. I'm looking out there across the congregation. And I understand most of you, if not all of you, have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I I got that. You've already responded to the Holy Spirit. But let's look at something else here. Because see, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39, this was the believers of God that he was speaking to. Do you see this? They had already believed, and they believed in God. But they just couldn't believe in the Son that was drawing them and trying to redeem the world and trying to straighten out their lives or trying to make their lives right so that they would be able to have a relationship with God. If that doesn't work for you, then turn to Revelation chapter 2 and verses 1 through 7. In Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, Write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven lampstands. In case you don't know who this is, that's Jesus Christ. And it says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you do not tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are prophets or they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But... I have this in complaint against you. You do not love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do not and do the work you did at first. If you do not repent, I will remove your lampstand from this place among the churches. What This is the church. The church in Ephesus. But wait a minute. Aren't we the church? It's not the physical part as far as Rock Hill First Church in this building that's going to be removed. We're the church. It says if we do not repent and turn back to our ways, then He will remove us. From amongst the stands. This is telling us, as believers in Jesus Christ, that if you do not listen and obey the Holy Spirit, And you constantly tell the Holy Spirit that you don't need Him. Or no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. Or you refuse to hear His words of instruction or His words of encouragement. It says that He will remove you from amongst the lampstands. Do you not understand this? As believers, our name is written in the book of life. But if we refuse to follow the Holy Spirit and we refuse to listen to His directions, He will remove our names from among the books. I can almost shout and scream and run holiness, but is a lifestyle of holiness. We believe in sanctification in this one moment in time that we receive the Holy Spirit full and true in all bit, in every bit of our lives. But there are moments throughout our walk with Christ that He will point and the Holy Spirit will call us to move in this direction or to go in this direction. And if we constantly tell Him no, He will remove Himself from our lives. That's either an amen or an oh me. It's an oh me if the Holy Spirit's not moving in your life. It's an amen if the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing your life. Because you know that you're on the right path with God. And that you're going to be with Him for eternity in heaven. See, we're We're broken. And we can only be mended by Jesus Christ living within us. And the only way that we can live a holy life is with the Holy Spirit living within us. But then we have to obey the Holy Spirit. Whenever it says go to the left, we go to the left, not the right. How many of y'all have ever done that with your GPS? Man, I tell you, I've done it several times. And then you hear those words, rerouting. Thank God that that the GPS will reroute. How many of you have ever got to the point in time that your GPS just simply quit talking to you? I made it reroute so many times it just quit talking to me. I know we laugh, but that is a great example of the Holy Spirit. We can continue to tell the Holy Spirit, no, I'm going to go this way. No, I'm going to go this way. No, I'm going to go this way. And eventually, he's going to quit rerouting, and he's going to leave you alone. And he says, I'm going to let you go where you want to go. You're doing it anyway. As believers in Jesus Christ, it is a life of holiness. It is a life that we constantly follow the Holy Spirit, that we live and we walk in the direction that He has for us to go. We cannot pick and choose which one we're going to do. We either listen to the Holy Spirit or we don't listen to Him. And it got really quiet. But see, the thing about it is as long as the Holy Spirit's moving in your life, we've got hope, we've got joy because we know where we're going. The problem is, is that if you don't feel the move of the Holy Spirit, you need to check. You need to see where you have said no. You need to find out what the Holy Spirit has called you to do that you're not doing. The problem with it is, is that for us, in dealing with this, as far as believers, uh, you know, blaspheme the Holy Spirit is, is that we feel that sin is something bad. I'm not as bad as Sam is on the other end of the pew. I'm not as bad as Carl is. He's not even here today. But are you following the Holy Spirit? Do you feel the call of the Holy Spirit on your life? Has the Holy Spirit called you to be a Sunday school teacher and you refuse to do it? That could be an old oh me there. Has the Holy Spirit called you to change something in your life? Maybe your devotion is not there. I'm deviating from the message just a little bit, and I want you to grab this. A long, long time ago, I was newly into the call of ministry of God on my life. I heard a wonderful elder in the church preach a message on missing heaven by that much. Missing heaven. By that much. See, we can tell the Holy Spirit no, and he'll eventually leave. But we don't ever want to get to that place, because once he's gone, he's gone. Remember Jesus said that you will not be able to say this or you will not be able to see me until you say this. Right? And that's at judgment day. If the Holy Spirit quits drawing your life in your life. That's it. So today, what I ask and what this message is for today, it's it's a warning for us as believers that we constantly follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, that we are striving to live a holy life. Paul says that he has to die daily. Every single day, Paul has to get up and to choose to follow God. Every single day, every single moment of our lives, we have to choose to follow God. But it's also an encouragement. I say it's an encouragement because as the Holy Spirit is moving in this sanctuary today, That you have the opportunity to continue to move forward in your life with Christ. But it's also an encouragement because I know the people sitting out here. That there's someone in your life that you know. That has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as long as the Holy Spirit is still drawing, there's hope. As long as the Holy Spirit is still working in that life, there's hope. So as you pray, pray that the Holy Spirit will never remove His draw upon their lives. Because once it's gone, They will not be able to find God. Once the Holy Spirit removes Himself from their lives, it's done. There's nothing that they can do and there's nothing that you or I could do. It is only through the drawing of the Holy Spirit that we can receive salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's it. We can't get in our comfortable places. We're not the chosen frozen. We're the chosen ones to follow Him. But we have to Listen. And obey the commands. Let us stand. So, this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to be able to come to the altar. I hope and pray that there's no one here that does not feel the move of the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you the opportunity to come to the altar and to ask the Holy Spirit to move in your life. To reveal Himself to you anew and afresh today. It could be for those of you that are watching online, or even someone here that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is drawing today. The Holy Spirit is here and He's moving. Today is the opportunity. It's like today's the day, not tomorrow. Today is that day. But also the altar is open for you this morning so that you can bring your lost loved one that has not responded to the Holy Spirit. So that you could bring them before God Almighty and lay them at His feet and ask that He not remove His Spirit from their lives. That He will constantly draw them. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Today, you have that opportunity. We're not going to tarry long. God's asking for decisions to be made today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for today. Know God, as hard as these words are to hear, God, I pray, dear Lord, that they have heard them with your ears. And God, that your Spirit, dear Lord, that as he communes with them, dear Lord, and as they meditate on these words, God, I pray, dear Lord, that they would call out and that they would pray out to you, dear Lord. That your spirit would continue to draw them and continue to direct and to continue to transform their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to.